Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. And we are back, folks, another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Best crew in the land. Love my team. Very thorough. Uh, I thought last week's episode and got a little bit of feedback. It said, man, you guys were, yeah, you, you didn't panic, but you certainly uh, you were understanding about why some fans are, are questioning where's the momentum in recruiting coming off of what was a one of the best seasons in our lifetimes in, in Michigan football. And so there's still an opportunity, though, to seize some of that momentum. As I said, the best crew in the land joining me to talk about that, talk about some of the top targets like we do every single week. It's the crew over at the Michigan Insider over on 24-7 Sports, starting with my guy Bryce Marich. Bryce, how are you today? I'm doing good, and I just want to say, like Aaron Rodgers said, just relax. It's April 14th. we got time, people. we got a lot of time, so let's just relax on it right now. Yeah, that's what we have to do, Steve. we gotta, we got to calm people down often, but at the same time acknowledge when there might be a little bit of an issue. We straddled that line, I thought, pretty effectively last week. How are you this week? Good, good. Yeah, this is kind of the time of the year where we play babysitter, psychologist, <laughs> um, you know, put on a few different hats that might be a little out of our normal purview. But but yeah, no, I thought we really balanced it well because it is it is a little early, but there are a couple chinks or in the armor, some signs, you know, that of some things that Michigan might need to clean up a little bit. No doubt, no doubt. And so, uh, you know, part of the ability to gain some momentum is – getting the top targets on on campus and we we were talking about offensive line recruiting over the last couple of weeks so one of the guys uh Oak and Lola Oak and Lola did I say his name right that time Steve Oak and Lola Yep Samson Oak and Lola Right so uh, again you can tell in Michigan recruiting circles that was kind of like a a throw in stop he was going to visit Michigan State stop through here you can tell getting some of the vibe from some of the some of the guys in class circles that Michigan feeling like they're a little more of a factor in that recruitment. Charles Jagusa, though, is a guy that they've been on for some time. And that was one of the guys, Steve, that you identified as this is a guy who needs to be, like, you know, all out. Michigan has to go hard in, in the paint on this guy. They got to come up in this recruitment because there, there was a really, really strong sentiment out there, one that I happen to agree with, that Notre Dame was out front for Charles Jagusa, the top 247 lineman out of Illinois. I think he's number 63 in the country right now, according to 24-7 Sports, and number seven offensive tackle, 6'6", 308 pounds. So he visited Notre Dame last week, crucial timing-wise to get him on campus. 
uh, last week, too, and Michigan was able to do that. And it feels like uh, they gained a little bit of ground there, Steve. Yeah, I think I looked at this visit as pretty significant for Michigan because it, to me, kind of a microcosm of where things are sort of at right now. O-line's a position they should be recruiting really well. They just won the Joe Moore Award. Uh, they're going to get uh, – Andrew Stuber's going to get drafted. Probably at least three of the guys starting again next next year will get drafted for sure. You know, Notre Dame is the main threat, which is a repeat, you know, lather, rinse, repeat there. I mean, there's probably literally double-digit prospects right now that you could say Michigan and Notre Dame are somewhere in the top three or four for. And then, yeah, <clears throat> just what kind of move – can they make because things have been kind of in a lull. Uh, some of the, most of the reactions are usually always good when they, they visit, but maybe not quite the same level of glowing reviews uh, that we, we get on a really consistent basis. So for me, it was a big visit just because maybe it would start to answer some of those questions a little bit. And, you know, it feels like Michigan did a good job. Uh, I know there's some other angles you're going to discuss Sam as to, as to how they did it specifically. Uh, it does feel like they did close the gap. Did they, Super, did they pass Notre Dame here? I think it's a little bit harder to say. Uh, Timeline's going to matter now with him. Uh, you know, I think and that's another thing. The longer this one goes, as with some other ones, probably the better thing for Michigan right now. But, <clears throat> I don't, you know, so I don't know how you kind of quantify that. I think it's obviously a positive visit. Michigan does have some factors in their favor here, but uh, still going to be tough, you know, with Notre Dame just seems to have a lot of momentum right now on the recruiting trail. So, Bryce, I know you got a chance to talk to, we call him Charles, but uh, I know the the in recruiting circles and probably around his school, they call him Charlie. So you got a chance to talk to Charlie. What did you think? Yeah, I, you know, obviously I think going into the visit, we kind of knew Notre Dame was, I don't want to say the team to beat, but definitely the team that you kind of need to dethrone and kind of take down essentially. And Michigan did a really good job, you know, when I talked to him, the biggest thing, you know, he came away from this visit was he was up for a game day. So, you know, he got to see all, you know, the stadium full and the players and all that. This time around, you know, he said it was more quiet around there. Um, it was nice to just go on a day where he could walk around the campus, see everything, you know, a day-to-day -day life, sort of what it is for a student athlete at Michigan. So he liked that perspective. He liked seeing that side of Michigan. And, you know, he got to sit down and even had lunch with Giovanni Elhadi. He mentioned that as one of his highlights. And I would say the other big, big, big highlight he said was his connection and strengthened connection with Sharon Moore. He said, obviously, he always had a good connection with Coach Moore. But this visit took it to another level where he straight up told me, he said, I'd say it helped a, a lot. He said, I got to know more of what he teaches and how they run their offense but also just hanging out with him for the day and really help close quote. So that is something that really stuck out. And like Steve said, with time timeline, one more thing to add to that. He plans on taking an official visit in the summer to Michigan. Obviously he's going to take one to Notre Dame as well. Um, then we're talking about recruitments potentially going longer, probably the better for Michigan. So that's obviously a good sign, but everything I've gathered from this visit Michigan did a great job, but it's still, I think a, two horse race right now for him right and arkansas sort of the the dark horse in this mix as we said last week when we previewed that the visit can't ever write off sam Pittman when it comes to recruiting offensive linemen right so i think he'll be in there but i went ahead and interviewed charles for the podcast uh and, and sort of went down both visits went in depth into what he thought about the notre dame visit 
and the Michigan visit because I agree with you, Bryce. I think this is essentially a two-horse race. And, you know, could Michigan bridge the – could they close the gap? Could they gain some ground? And so you approach that topic, that subject, with uh, Charles Jagusa. So here is the one-on-one with top 247 offensive lineman, Charles Jagusa. First things first, before we get into talking about your visits, uh, just for some background for the pieces, just uh, take me back into your season. How did things go for you guys on the football field last year? Um, you know, not not the way we wanted it to. Um, obviously, we went 0-9, but it was a struggle just because, I mean, our coach, we got our new head coach in three weeks before the season. So, I mean, you got two and a half weeks with guys learning everything and, Personally, I had a few issues going in before the season, so it kind of made it a little tougher. But we got better through throughout the season, and it was just kind of like one of those things where it's a learning experience, and you got to turn it around next year. Right. It certainly, uh, you talked about making progress over the course of the season. Certainly, colleges have seen it that way. So, in your own kind of in your own view, give me where your game improved over the course of the season. Kind of. You know, give me a scouting report on your game at this point. Uh, I mean, it was it was a really weird season. I had like three weeks of an off season because I was coming in from the spring season with like a knee injury. But it was, I'd say, just confidence wise, especially because we're in a new system where it's a lot less structured and a lot more just quick thinking and trying to get guys to be on the same page when they're not used to doing that. So it was a little bit. It was a bit of, of a struggle, me personally, just being able to trust people to go where I think they should be going and get everything done. But it was, um, yeah, definitely just confidence-wise got a lot better throughout the season. Gotcha. All right, so from a, from a skill set standpoint, uh, pretend for a second you're a coach or a scout in the stands and you're watching you on the football field kind of break down your game and give me a scouting report on that. Um, I'd say probably the thing that stands out about me is that I'm I'm pretty athletic for my size. Not a lot of not a lot of people can bend like me. Not a lot of people can move around like me. Um, and I'm not the strongest, but I play stronger than I am. So that kind of shows up a little bit on film. But yeah, I'd say just my ability to move and the potential I have to get better. Gotcha. All right, so. Was there any part of you, Charles, that was – I mean, because your, your offer list has gotten steadily and steadily more impressive. Were you kind of expecting that, or, or based on the season, did it kind of catch you by surprise? Uh, I mean, not really. Like, my sophomore year, I was kind of – I kind of surprised myself with how much better I got. Because freshman year, I struggled a lot at guard and just kind of – it was undersized, didn't have enough weight on me. But uh, I put in a lot of work through the offseason to get into sophomore year. And then with COVID and everything, I wasn't expecting a whole lot. But, you know, it kind of came out of nowhere where I was just chilling at home. I was rehabbing my leg, and it just kind of, like, offers started rolling in. Yeah, they started they started piling up and piling up. So, <laughs> I, yeah, obviously you have a who's who of offers now there was a lot of talk about you know obviously about notre dame i know you had been there before i'm yeah. curious when you compare 
this this weekend visit to what you had taken in before was what was different what was what different did you take away from this time around in south bend if anything uh, i'd say from my first visit to that visit it was a like, complete 180 um first visit uh you know i i it was it was fun it was a different experience but it kind of I felt like it wasn't really just the the coaching staff there and the people weren't really for me, but now kind of with different guys in the mix and different different people, I feel a lot more confident in that. Um, yeah, I, I really just – the people that I talked to from Notre Dame, I really just, like, enjoyed being around a lot. So, Coach Heastand, I mean, uh, the, the, and the coaches that you deal with the most specifically, kind of give me your impressions of them. Uh yeah, I mean Coach She stands he's a genuine person, doesn't have anything doesn't have really anything to prove, doesn't have anything to hide. So you you get what you get from him and you know what you're getting and I really I appreciate that a lot. Is he who you talk to the most or are there any other Notre Dame coaches that you are in regular contact with? Um, I talk to Chad in recruiting a lot, but um I say mostly coach wise, I talk to Freeman the most. Oh, okay. So, what are your thoughts on Coach Freeman? Um, man, I like him a lot. Super, super motivating guy. Super confident person, and you can really tell that people believe in him a lot. So, super interesting person. Gotcha. All right. So, same question with regard to Michigan. Between your your visit last time and this one, what were your what were the different takeaways this time around? Um. Kind of, yeah, so for both visits, I when I went on game day, I didn't really get to see a whole lot of campus itself and get around that much because you're so busy at the game and everything. But definitely Michigan, I like I like it a lot just because it kind of – it gives you that bigger city feel and like a not big city, if that makes sense. Yeah. Again, Arb is not – it's not huge. The campus isn't huge, but it feels like it's a little bit bigger. So I like that. And – um yeah, no, everybody, everybody there's super, super friendly. It's kind of like a family, family environment a little bit. So, what about Coach Coach Moore, who is obviously the co-OC now? But did you get a chance to sit down and go over things with him very much? What are your thoughts on Coach Moore? Um, yeah, no, I like Coach Moore. I I like what he's I like what he's done with the group that he's had, and I mean, I feel like he can do it again. So. We'll see. But yeah, no, I got to sit down and talk with them a little bit more technique-wise and scheme-wise and kind of figure out what they do a little bit. So it's pretty interesting. I like it. Okay, and what about Coach Harbaugh? Did you get a chance to unplug with him much, if any, if uh, at all? No, not really. Um, I think I talked to him on the phone a couple of weeks ago, but that's about it. It was just kind of just a random Sunday, so I wasn't expecting many people to be in the building, but yeah, no, not not a whole lot. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, so as far as, you know, I don't know if you've gotten close to sort of narrowing things down yet, but let, let's pretend for a second that you're at the point in your process where you're getting ready to make a decision, Charles. When you do that, what are going to be the biggest factors in that choice? Uh, probably, I mean, opportunity definitely. Which place can provide me with a good, good area after, after, um, Oh, hold it. sorry, I just got a text. My bad. No problem. Um, definitely somewhat place finding a place that can provide me with a lot of opportunity after I'm done playing football. Um, finding a place that 
I feel like will just kind of make my life a lot easier and let me just kind of focus on what I need to focus on too and not have a whole lot of distractions and finding a place where I feel like I can I'll be happy every day going into work with the people that are there. So you said opportunity. Is that you mean like depth chart wise opportunity? Is that that what you're talking um, about? Not so much that as it is just opportunity to to improve. Mm-hmm. Like obviously it'd be nice to play early, but it's not the most important thing to me. I'm just rather I'd rather I'd rather just get better to get the best I can be and see what happens. But yeah. Okay, did your parents get a chance to go with you on these these latest visits, at least at all? Uh, my dad's out of the country, and my mom's super busy right now, so gotcha. I just went with, with my head coach. Gotcha. All right, so what about timeline, Charles? Do you have a timeline for A, when you want to narrow down your list, and then B, when you'd like to make a decision? Um, I'm already starting to narrow it down a little bit. Uh, I'm not really the type of person to go post a top eight or whatever. Right. I'm narrowing it down a little bit and I'm trying to focus on certain schools, but uh, like to be closer to a decision by after my summer officials, but we'll just kind of have to see how it goes. So would you say about Notre Dame and Michigan specifically after your latest visits, are they about the same on your list or did either of them either of them improve their standing with you based on the visits where would you say about the impact of those uh, these visits uh i mean yeah i'd say they're about the same uh it's not like a super honestly it depends on the day but it's kind of just like yeah you got to get to know people a lot more because i still don't know a whole lot of I know a good amount about both schools, but I'm just kind of learning more and figuring it out more from there. Makes sense. You got, do you have, though you mentioned summer officials, do you have those lined up yet? Nah, I still got to get those planned with my mom's work schedule. Do you, will, I mean, I don't know, based on how many times you've been to both schools, are you going to take officials to Notre Dame or Michigan, or do you feel like you don't need to? Uh, I think I'll take I think I'll take officials to both of them just because it's they're both pretty high up there for me. So okay. want to definitely get back there and get the full the full tour, both educationally and kind of get to meet a lot more of the players and stuff like that. Makes sense. And last one for you: Are you going to be taking any other visits this spring or summer that aren't like you're going to take any more unofficial trips? Um, maybe. You just kind of have to see how it goes. I mean, there's some places that are pretty close that I could take an unofficial to. But, I mean, my right now it's more just about, like, getting in contact with people and learning things. But I don't know. We'll see. Maybe. Okay. Outstanding, man. Thanks, Charles. Appreciate your time, man. All right. Yeah. Bye. So, guys, uh, it, it's going to be a big deal uh, for, for Michigan to get them back on campus it for the official visit to get him around a Jim Harbaugh because he wasn't able to see Jim this time around. So uh, he mentioned that. And then uh, more around the team as he continues to grow those connections because it is very clear that he felt really at home at Notre Dame. He is a huge fan of, of Marcus Freeman. And so for, for Michigan, I think that the two angles that, that really stick out what you pointed out, Bryce, the one-on-one time with Sharon and really talking up technique. That was big because I know Michigan spent some time talking to him about depth chart, but as you heard in that interview, 
he he's content with sitting for a couple of years and developing. Like it, this is like one of the guys that you said this in our lead in, Bryce. Like nine out of ten guys, you tell them, man, you got a great shot to to play in year one or year two or starting year one or year two, and they're like, okay, great. This kid, that's not moving the meter with him as much. You know, just talking a lot about development. So I think that scored points. Uh, Sharon getting one-on-one time on that level. And then the other thing that really scored points, I think Sharon is doing a good job of recruiting his entire circle. You know, everyone, mom, everyone, mom touching mom, touching coaches, touching the girlfriend, touching everyone in his orbit. And I think that that is something that is helping Michigan sort of gain the traction that they needed to gain in this recruitment. And that that's, to me, the key. You you had to slow him down. There was some some talk that maybe Notre Dame, much like we said with Dante Moore, that maybe they were moving towards getting a commitment for, from him, from Charles. He's going to take his summer officials and then maybe make a decision before the season. And, Steve, this, this gets to a key point in talking the Notre Dame factor in recruiting. There's no question. I know you guys can sense this, too. They are more of a factor on the recruiting trail right now. They have some buzz. They have some momentum. Marcus Freeman is a net positive compared to Brian Kelly as a recruiter, right? You add Al Washington in that mix, I think. And even though they lost Mike Elston, I think they would probably say net positive overall as a recruiting staff. That It's tangible, whether you're talking about Charles you're talking about Dante Moore. You're talking about Jaden Lemar, who visited Michigan twice. We talked to Brandon Huffman about the running back out of Washington uh, in a couple episodes ago, and he was talking about Michigan having a good chance to pull him out of the West. And next thing you know, Brandon just dropped the crystal ball for Notre Dame. So to me, and this is a big key, is Michigan has got to string those recruitments out because as much as they have momentum and you give them credit for how they're hitting the recruiting trail hard and they're they're showing these these recruits a, a good time and a lot of glitz and glamour and show, it, that all sells a lot better before games start being played, right? And so they haven't coached the game as a staff, and I think it's to Michigan's benefit for some of these recruitments to go into the season for the accountability factor to start coming into the recruitment, Steve. I think that can help Michigan in in their recruitment again or recruiting against Notre Dame right now. Yeah, I mean, you could even throw in uh, Sam Pendleton, another one just offered by Notre Dame a month ago, already went up and visited. Sounds like the Irish are a factor there. There's uh, Samuel and Pemba. I mean, there's a there's so many guys. I yeah, I think it should be if you're a Michigan fan, your thoughts right now should be twofold regarding Michigan and Notre Dame. One, like you said, Sam. Stretch stretch these recruitments out into the season, and then two, as hard as it as hard as it might be for a lot of fans out there, I think you want to. I think you hope that Ohio State puts puts the beat down on on Notre Dame in, in September, because I would argue right now, and I don't even think it's close. Michigan Notre Dame are recruiting much more of the same kids than than Michigan and Ohio State are. Yeah. I mean, there's really there's there is probably tenfold overlap between Michigan and Notre Dame. Uh, than there is with Ohio State. So I think if you're a Michigan fan, uh, you want Ohio State to win that game and and possibly try to win it big to, you know, like, you know, like we said last week, 
The one interesting thing with Notre Dame and Freeman is it's not as if he's walking into a job where Notre Dame has been struggling and, you know, they need to rebuild or anything. I mean, they were just outside of getting into the playoff last year. They, you know, him coming in with an eight and four type season to begin is, is not going to be well received necessarily. I mean, a lot of people still pick picking Notre Dame as a preseason top 10 team this year. There's already pressure on him to kind of continue the success that Brian Kelly had on the, had on the field. So, you know, I think, yeah, if you think of your Michigan, obviously you want to stretch these out. I mean, we we've made that, they want to stretch a lot of recruitments out right now, not even the ones against Notre Dame really. Um, but you also, like I said, I think, I think you kind of almost have to root for Ohio state in that season opener to kind of squash some of that momentum uh, that Notre Dame is building. Cause it's undeniable at this point. I mean, they're really resonating with a lot of kids at different positions, different parts of the country. Um, and Michigan is probably still their biggest recruiting rival. I think those two, I think they're each other's biggest rival on the recruiting trail. So, you know, one having all the momentum is, is going to hurt the other one. So um, fascinating though, because they don't play for so long now, but they're still, I mean, this is what it's really an, a rivalry in a way uh, that's as important as it's ever been, whether they play on the field or not, because, you know, either a bunch of these races go one direction or the other is really going to help the program that gets a lot of these guys. Yeah, and we talked last week about this. The the next few months is you get into the eval period and the coaches get on the road. This is a crucial time for for Michigan to gain some momentum in a lot of these recruitments. They're going to be at satellite camps and they're going to be uh, at, at the different high schools. I know there's going to be some some events here in state and around the Midwest that we expect Michigan's coaches to be at, and they they have to be able to to stem the tide and some of these recruitments and, and drag them out. I mean, we, we talk a lot about Dante Moore and for good reason, he is the number one target on the board. There is no doubt about that. And you have so many factors in your favor that if you can, if you can extend this recruitment, which they've already done to a certain extent, if he had made a spring decision, like he was rumored to be on the verge of making, I have little doubt that it would have been Notre Dame, but by dragging it out, you have an opportunity for other other people to become more of a factor. And so last week we talked about, hey, this is a prime opportunity for Jim Harbaugh to insert himself even more into this equation. Because, you know, he's already recruiting Dante, make no mistake. But even more into this equation than he already is. I think that is a very, very key factor. Another key factor is, man, the, the longer this goes... And the more he goes through the process, and so he's going to visit LSU. And he's going to visit LSU with, uh, with Carnell Tate, right? I just have a hard time seeing him go out of region. He is so close with his dad. It made me think of, of something from one of the sound mind, sound body deals. And this ties into Will a little bit, too. Will went back to a sound mind, sound body, uh, you know, practice. and so. Uh, Curtis Blackwell had had Will speak to the group and and take questions from the group. And so Dante asked Will, he said, hey, man, how do you how you know, how big of a factor was it for you being away from your dad? Like, was that was that a big deal for you to to go to school? Is it hard for you to be away from your dad even even now? And I think they as a as a as an organization, they know how close Will and Dion are. So Will tells, he tells at that point, Dante, he said, man, it's 
one of the reasons why this was a great decision for me, because my dad is right there. Like, you know, I've, I've faced some challenges already in my very young career that, you know, my dad being right there was really, really beneficial to me. So the longer this goes and as he goes more places and is away and has to process that and think about that more, I'm not saying that he won't go anywhere, but the longer you make him think about that, just like with Will, I think that was a factor. The longer you make him think about that, the better it is for you as Michigan. So you want to drag this out because you want Notre Dame to get into the season and actually have to coach games. You want to drag this out for a guy like Dante Moore to make him think more about, hey, man, you know, going away, even Notre Dame, as far as the way, versus being, you know, 30 minutes from home, everyone is a hop, skip, and a jump from you. And how how easy that would be, how much of a relief that would be for any challenges that you face. That that to me is the strategy, Bryce, or part of the strategy in in dragging some of these recruitments out, and especially that one. I know we're going to get into talking about other quarterbacks on the other side, but I just think that as much as they can hit all of the different points with Dante Moore, as much as they can do that every single angle, the better. Yeah, I mean. You know, we mentioned this last podcast. This has been a recruitment. They've been started since, what, the seventh grade. I mean, this has been a long journey and stuff. And I think you talk about dragging out. What's the point where Michigan, if they could drag it out to, could really excel and really hit? First thing that popped up in my head, and obviously, you know, the spring game wasn't the biggest visitor list. But if they could get them up for the barbecue, that's always a huge event. You could build that up. And hopefully, if you get him up there and he's uncommitted at that point, a lot of times, and we've always said this, this is one area Michigan has really excelled. Once they get these kids up on campus, they see them just knock out the park. Regardless who it is, circumstances and all, they always seem to do a really good job. So I think if they could get to that point and maybe convince him and say, listen, just take your time. I know Notre Dame. You know, the fresh, shiny new thing. They got the number one recruiting class. You know, everything looks great and all right now. But like Steve said, they might say, hey, watch September or whatever they play for, for whatever it is, and then call us and see, you know, how that game went. Because, again, a lot of things can change real quick. If Notre Dame starts off slow, you know, Michigan starts off hot, the perception could change too. So this is something where, like you said, you want to drag it out, but you also want to find those times critical times you can really you know hit the nail you know the hammer on the nail and um i think if they could get them up for the barbecue that could be a big big swing in their direction in their favor but can they do that that's the question that is a question and because it is a question they can't put all their eggs in in one basket they have to have their tentacles out and at least be looking at other quarterbacks really sounds like they're doing that now so we'll hit that on the other side, in addition to talking about some other visitors, some 24 visitors that Michigan seems to be in a good early spot with. We will tackle those on the other side here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. 
With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, guys, uh, on, before we went to the break, we were talking quarterbacks. We were talking Dante Moore, of course, but also that they can't put all their eggs in that basket, which brings us to a visitor, Bryce, that, uh, you know, you look at the options that are out there you're starting to, to maybe build that list up uh and it, it looks like you know one is coming into focus right now yeah so they actually had a five-star quarterback not the same class as dante let's clarify that before everyone starts freaking out uh the 2024 class is the number two overall in the composite julian saying he's from california he's a guy they offered a few weeks back and so much so his interest sparked to where he took a visit to Michigan. And so uh, he talked about that experience with us. He said, honestly, the visit it ex- exceeded his expectations. He, you know, he said going in, he wasn't sure what to expect, how Michigan might be. But he said the coaching staff, the facilities and just the welcome he felt from Michigan overall was very, a huge positive in his uh, in his eyes. He mentioned Matt Wise, the quarterbacks coach obviously the co-oc a guy that he really bonded with really connected with on a personal level and all known jim harbaugh wasn't there on his visit he still called him when he was at the masters and had a really good dialogue you know contact with him and really liked that you know conversation as well so michigan right now i think is in a really good spot for him he said he wants to come back um they have a lot of time and again that's gonna be a domino effect because again depending on how the 2023 class shapes we could potentially see the 2024 class take effect i think relatively soon right after that so that's something to watch steve what about 23 what about 23 quarterbacks you see any movement on that front so thanks to the great alan true you know alan does an amazing job big help for us all the time uh reported earlier today that uh warren de la salle in-state quarterback brady dragosh i think is how you pronounce his last name is on campus today how many we've talked about 23 quarterback a lot, obviously, and 90% of it's been Dante Moore. The other 10% has been why haven't they offered literally anybody else? Uh, Dragosh could be a guy as sort of that that other guy that may emerge here. I know we talked before we got on about how Michigan might play this timeline wise. You know, if they were to extend an offer, it sounds like it wouldn't take long for him to take it. So maybe Michigan in a position to kind of wait this one out, see how things go with Dante over the summer, at least at the very least, mm-hmm. and uh, go from there with it. But again, because they haven't offered anybody else in the 23 cycle, Dragosh Im- immediately becomes a name. I think fans should at least maybe go turn on the film, watch him, see what you think, and uh, kind of keep his name in your, at least in your back pocket 
you know, as a potential guy to watch as far as, you know, we'll see where things go with Dante Moore, and uh, maybe he'd be the next guy in line. Yeah, you, you have certainly, <clears throat> from a strategic standpoint, uh, the, the way that this plays with how you pursue other quarterbacks, the dynamic has changed a bit compared to how maybe it would look if they had been going all out at a quarterback, let's say, six, seven months ago, and you had, you know, maybe that other quarterback looking to make a decision. You can maybe leverage that a little bit uh, to your advantage when it came to, not to say that you you would be trying to push Dante more into a decision. My point is, at that point, it, it was a little bit easier to maybe push the envelope because you you maybe are affecting Dante more in a positive way towards you because another quarterback might be on the verge. Now it's not like that. Now he's so far down the road with Notre Dame that if you if you went and offered another quarterback and let's say that guy committed, there's a very good chance that that could harpoon your 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 odds. I, I use Michigan State as an example. Now Michigan State is. A school that Dante is, he's still talking to the coaches. He's still looking. But when I interviewed Tyrone Spence, when I interviewed Spence, and you guys will see this in the interview with him, he plainly looked into the camera and said, I, I don't think Michigan State's happening. They took a quarterback. <laughs> and not to say that they took a quarterback as good as Dante, because they didn't. But it's like, oh, no, that's not happening. They, they didn't even wait to see what was going to happen with with Dante before they went and took another quarterback. So that's a cautionary tale. I, I think they're at the point now in that recruitment, and because he is the number one target on the board, that you gotta you got to play other recruitments based on how you think things are going with Dante. And right now they still have a great shot with, with Dante Moore. So interesting recruiting times, fellas, to say the least. <laughs> um, but, hey, it's not all – it's not like, you know, every single guy they're they're climbing uphill for. There have been some positives here lately, Steve, with some some visitors in the 24 class, right? Yeah, so the first guy uh, came a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, uh, Quentin Martin, straight-up athlete, listed as an athlete. I, you know, there's that wide-back spot that we've talked about a couple of times. I actually think Harbaugh even explicitly mentioned A.J. Henning as being a potential guy in that spot today on uh, the latest in the trenches episode. Uh, you're going to see more guys taken in that with that vein and that, that role in mind, Martin to me, because the thing I turned on his film kid out of Pennsylvania, he'll be Pennsylvania's top prospect in 24. Uh, didn't know what position offensively. Cause he looked elite both receiving and running the football. So, you know, he's definitely got to watch was on campus. Michigan, I think, did really well there, at least put themselves in the early conversation. And then I know Bryce spoke to him, but Landon Thomas, uh, nation's number one tight end in the 24 class. Uh, good indication that Grant Newsom is going to be effective on the recruiting trail for Michigan. Came out of the visit, I believe, at the time he told Bryce Michigan was his leader. It, either way, Michigan, Georgia, probably the one and two there for sure. Uh, this is after he visited Ohio State also. Uh, so definitely landed top out of, uh, was it, uh, somewhere in Georgia, Colquitt County, I want to say is where it is. Uh, but he's a name to remember for sure. I mean, these are two probably five-star type prospects. I, I know not a lot of tight ends get the five-star rating, but he, but Thomas is probably the guy that's in the best position to do so. So, you know, yeah, not all his, uh, 
it's not all doom and gloom for sure. Uh, and I think things will start to get better here as the summer continues, as the spring continues and going into the summer. But, but yeah, they've definitely laid and they've always kind of done, been good at this. They've laid some really good early groundwork with a lot of the, with the 24, with a lot of the young class. It's a matter of just kind of sustaining that momentum. You know, they have one good se- one great season in their back pocket should be able to put another one together, at least close to what they did uh, in 21 next season. So, you know, laying some good early groundwork with some big time names across the country there. Yeah, Bryce, I can't remember which one you talked to, but what what do you think? What do you think we're at Michigan early going with those guys? Yeah, so I actually talked to both uh more in depth with Landon Thomas, the, you know, the number one tight end in the country of the 2024 class. And uh you mentioned Grand Newsom kind of, you know, filling out the process and kind of finding his, you know, recruiting groove. I'm certainly seeing him doing that in terms of getting guys to campus, but also making an impact. And when you're going to have the number one tight end in the country and the kid comes out, out out of that visit saying, hey, Michigan's my top school, how much better can you do at that point? So I really like what he's doing on the recruiting front. He's a guy like we talk about Jay Harbaugh, maybe not getting the praise and kind of what he's done over the years in recruiting. I could see that eventually being Grant Newsom, where we start saying, hey, don't, you know, overlook this guy because this guy is doing some good things in the recruiting trail. He's a guy that's really finding success. I think, again, this is going to be a recruitment talking about dragging out, stretching it out. They're going to need to because, again, George is right there in his own, you know, backyard. But Michigan, man, they're putting, like Steve said, a good foundation down in. He didn't mention two other guys, Chris Bryant. And Denard Robinson also making a huge impact on his visit. I think those guys are going to be crucial in what Michigan does going forward and recruiting, especially with some of the guys they lost with Sean at court. Those guys are going to really need to step up. I think we're seeing that right now from them. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, you know, another guy that I saw and heard Grant's name connected with, and I mentioned this this dude after we started talking about the the odds or the possibility of Rappelier flipping which he eventually did but Riley Williams we talked to to Brandon Huffman about the Portland Oregon tight end a few weeks back and he said hey that's a guy that he thinks is going to be a national guy that's really going to look around and when he cut his list down to eight Michigan was on it and he was like hey you know I'm talking to Grant Newsom. that's one of the guys that I'm connecting with more here lately and I, I think that that's a fact now look he he's going to be a tough pull a tougher pull even than I think uh than I think that Darius Clemens was. I mean, Darius Clemens at the end of the day uh, grew up in the state of Michigan. This is a you're talking about a lifelong Oregon fan in in Riley Williams trying to pull him out of Oregon. But uh, you you do have, uh, I think, the the time on task in that recruitment, and you do have a guy in Grant Newsom that I think a lot of tight ends are going to be able to 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 connect with. So you know, we'll see how it goes. Like the early vibe, the early buzz about Grant. I think he's going to kill it. I guess we didn't really uh, – this is a, a good one to close on. We didn't really talk about the kind of impact that we think Grant Newsom is going to have on the recruiting trail. You know, funny story, was talking to Jim after he made the decision to to hire Grant because he would have taken Grant to Minnesota with him if he had gotten the Vikings or if he had taken the Vikings job, right? And so, you know, Grant had an opportunity to go be – either work for the Democratic Party, and and then there was like a hedge fund, I think Jim said, that was coming after him. So he had an offer from a hedge fund, and then he had the Democratic 
National Party, you know, the, the DNC uh, coming for him. And he turned both down. And Jim was like, are you sure? And the dude was like, yeah, I want to I want to coach. Uh, but he has he has the playing experience. He has the the battle through adversity. He has the you know, I chose foot. I had all these other options and I chose the football path. He has a lot of things that I think are going to resonate with recruits out there on the trail there, Steve. Numerous reasons why Grant is going to be an elite recruiter. Youth is something, right, that we've always think that we look at as a plus. Easier to relate to some of the younger guys, the uh, the kids and the families. Uh, he's been through the recruiting process recently, right, not that long ago. So he has a, even a more firsthand look at, you know, how things kind of are right now. And, yeah, I mean, you mentioned all the options that he would have had. I mean, he's he's really is an all-around uh, guy as far as, like, just his potential. Like, he's truly one of those people you knew even when he was – really, he was being recruited. Right. Almost. I mean, I know it was, was both his parents are, like, in the – his dad's, like, in the Secret Service, all that stuff. I mean, he's got just – the groundwork was already there for him to be highly successful, but somebody who who was aware of that and 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 was bent and and driven to take advantage of the opportunities that he's been afforded you know so the fact that he is coaching at Michigan i think says a lot about how how highly he feels about you know the program the, uh Jim Harbaugh the coaching staff you know cuz yeah he could have done a lot of other things and so he was really he's a great eval guy behind the scenes too the last couple of years right i mean that was another big thing so i think that's another you know area well, I think the first offer he made, I uh, can't remember the kid's name, but uh, a, a, for another tight end out of Georgia in 24 uh, immediately jumped into the top 150 in our last ranking in the 24 class. I mean, and Michigan was the first offer. I think he's added 11 or 12 offers since then. I'll, I'll post his name in the, in the the on the board whenever we go live. I'll have to look it up. But uh, either way, yeah, I mean, really about all you can ask for. And, and, and you know, we know how much Harbaugh has thought of him throughout his playing career and even, you know, the rare like analyst grad assistant that we would hear about on a consistent basis, you know, as far as like what he, his, his abilities, his impact, his future, you know? So, yeah, I mean, obviously we have, we have high expectations for Grant as a recruiter, but I'd probably argue he probably has higher expectations uh, for himself. He's one of those guys, you know, kind of the way we talked about McCarthy when he was being recruited, you know, how great he's just how great of him. He's just awesome. But, but Grant really is though. He's a, he's a good dude and he's going to take full advantage of this opportunity. Yeah, man. And, and you know, it's expectations come with the position, right? On, on one hand, he's, he's, it's his first year, you know, you got to let him get his feet wet as a recruiter at the same time, though, Bryce, they kind of need him to be a guy off the bat because I, we mentioned this last week and it's worth repeating. Listen, Sharon Moore as the Swiss Army Knife recruiter, that's like it, it can't be that way now. Like he's the OC. The OC, you cannot, you can't spread him as thin as you can the tight end coach. So that's going to put more pressure on the other guys to really raise their recruiting uh, production, productivity, uh, and raise the, you know, the, the level of, of expectation or need for a new guy to really come in and grant to really come in and hit the ground running. Now, fortunately he he's an offensive guy and you're still going to have the, the Sharon sort of influence on any guy you're recruiting anyway, 
you'll feel it more on the defensive side where he used to be involved in in some key recruitments on that side of the ball. I can't. I don't see a scenario where you're really gonna be, he's gonna have the opportunity to do that. So those guys on the other side are gonna feel it even more. Fortunately, you got guys like you know. I, I think that you know to he, you know what they're gonna need, and this is a great close. Look how Ron Bellamy hit the ground running last year, Bryce. If they can get anywhere close to that from from Grant Newsom, wow, that would be a great start for Grant. Yeah, I mean, you know, we mentioned kind of having his fingerprints on recruiting. Well, when he got hired as the tight ends coach, one of the first recruits that reached out to me was Sam Pendleton, the four-star offensive lineman, who, again, that's not his position anymore, but Grant was in the offensive line room kind of behind the scenes when Sharon and they're still recruiting him was recruiting him. And so he said, listen, regardless of that's not my position, Michigan knocked out of the park with that hire. And so that's kind of what you need to see mm-hmm. recruits resonate with them. And Great he point. has ties to the East coast. He's got ties to other places. But again, when you said, Sam, Moore's not going to have the time to go to LA or, you know, recruitments and certain areas and other positions anymore. Cause he's going to be swamped with his own stuff. So you're going to need those guys to step up to the plate. Grant has already shown early signs that he can do it. Well, go see, you know, we'll see going forward. So good signs overall. All right. Well, folks, always a good sign to see the reaction to the podcast. If you like this podcast, be sure to rate it, be sure to review it, be sure to tell all your friends about it. And of course, don't miss out over on the MichiganInsider.com as the basketball recruiting piece of it is about to hit a real uptick as well as we get out, start hitting the tournament, hitting the AAU circuit uh, as well. You'll see more of that in the coming weeks. So no better time than the present to take advantage of the opportunity to get in for just $1 your first month. You can sample, check out the MichiganInsider.com. But until next time, thanks for listening to the Michigan Recruiting Insider. New CBS Monday. Federal agents. Here's where we can see them. NCIS Hawaii is back. New criminals to catch. Armed robbery, aggravated assault, murder. And new investigations to be solved. These guys were good, but even masters make mistakes. Vanessa Lachey and featuring LL Cool J. Violent Island, we got here. Welcome to paradise. A new NCIS Hawaii Monday, 10, 9 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.